Hello, hello, hello. This is the 37th episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. This is your host, Toasty. I'm here with Mr. Sean Andrews, if you'd like to say something. Greetings. This is uh, Sean Andrews. Brother, I appreciate you letting me be a part of this, and I look forward to the conversation. Yeah, most definitely. I definitely appreciate you for actually making time to get on and everything. I know you got a couple things going on. I, th- I think you've spoken about uh, expanding some type of mental health clinic in Kentucky, if you'd like to expand more about it. Yeah, sure. So I am a partner in a mental health agency, Andrews Counseling and Consulting. Uh, so we have three locations here in North Carolina, and we are expanding into Kentucky. So um, basically, I lead the expansion and the growth into Kentucky. Uh, right now, we just inked a deal with Fayette County Public Schools. So we're going to be uh, providing care to the 42,000 students there. Um, the next city will be Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we're hiring uh, therapists. We just hired two. Um, we're going to be expanding from there. So the goal is to provide culturally specific care, so black and brown therapists for black and brown children. Okay, cool. That's wonderful. That's wonderful because I know you, especially for it's pretty hard for minorities, especially children, to actually get the and seek the counseling that they. I feel like a lot of us actually, not in a sense, deserve, but maybe in a sense, probably need a whole lot. Um, there's a whole lot of traumas that can grow than uh, you know being in this country, whether it be like whatever background you're from. Uh, we all have different struggles, and it's good to find like maybe somebody to confide in that kind of relates to your struggle and everything. I just, I think I just set up like. Um, um, set myself up with the therapist. I think my first appointment is going to be on the 29th and everything. And sometimes I specifically find, uh, I try to seek out um, African-American therapists, not in the sense because I want to be discriminatory or whatever, because it's good to kind of switch it up. I feel like I've always had like uh, therapists that are just kind of like, you know, Caucasian, which is not a problem. They're all good and what they're doing and everything. But I always want to like maybe somebody like I could speak to that has more like that can relate to me more like in a, on experience wise. I feel like we all have there are certain uh, levels um, not in a sense levels, but certain insights of how we live our lives and just the pressures that we have to deal with in society that I don't feel like a lot of us kind of relate to, like, you know, and human beings or whatever, you know, the experience is just different from all of us. I understand that you have relatives that work in the clinical health, uh, clinical mental health field. Yeah, so my partners are Dr. Anthony Andrews and Dr. Travis Andrews. So um, our dads are brothers. We grew up together. So we um, definitely are in this together, man. And, you know, to your point, um, I think finding a therapist that has a background close to yours uh, really helps out a lot. Um, You know, nothing wrong with having a therapist who's white, but there are some things that, you know, they just won't get. Um, so, for instance, um, a white woman may not know about what it means to be a black man. Um, the stress that we feel watching our brothers being killed on television all the time or, you know, uh, being stopped by a cop, you know, all these different things. You know, they can sympathize, but they really don't know. And I think whenever you're looking for someone to um, provide you answers and to, to kind of um, uh, see through exactly what's going on with you, I think having somebody from that same background is, is critical oh yeah most definitely i definitely uh can understand that for certain i don't think i've had my first african-american male teacher till like middle school i think seventh grade i think his name mr shaw he taught world society he was just like any he was just a teacher basically but it was just like it was new to me but also like i feel like the relationships i had like with black teachers in high school were a lot different um i recall like uh, i know this isn't pretty much the same as counseling but in a sense like with teachers you're, you're basically kind of counselors to a degree and everything because you are counseling and nurturing like our um our sense of self-discovery and just learning in general um there are two people i recall uh, dr reginald flannery i think his birthday was just the other day i think i told him happy birthday on on facebook yeah we're friends on facebook and uh mr murray i recall like two experiences i recall like usually i was i was pretty much isolated to myself i recall a lot of the time um and when i had a very stressful day i went to dr flannery and everything in regards to just everything I was dealing with and you know as I was confiding with them I, like before then I would just saw him as just another teacher a, a principal's assistant but until I, we actually spoke with each other it kind of felt like he was kind of like an uncle in a sense like he was just kind of speaking to me like a like a relative 
like you know it was just like just giving him insight giving me insight just like you know hey he was that kid in school that just kind of like stayed to himself also or just like you know kind of fell out with a lot wasn't really too popular or whatever and he just gives you a sense of just like you know years later on it's a lot of that stuff isn't even gonna matter um and even with the mr murray's case um from what i recall um uh, i had him for like i think it was some type of chemistry class at first but after that you know before that he was just like a a substitute teacher and everything so it's like i had him for multiple times as a substitute before becoming a main teacher and then like afterwards i didn't have him in the class but i saw him around um uh, sometimes he would get fed up with me after um class um because i would stay to myself a whole lot and stand way in the back and everything when i should be up the front waiting for my rides and something like that um until one day um and this is like after when i have like his classes and everything like way this is like the last here of school and everything he pulled me aside and he noticed like hey like why didn't you why didn't you go to prom or whatever like i didn't see you at prom and it's just like oh yeah mr murray it's just it's nothing i didn't because i didn't really have any friends to go with or any days to go with so i just like you know i didn't really see it as anything worth my time or whatever and he just kind of pulled me aside and everything we had this conversation he told me like hey when i first when i first saw you when I first spoke to you, like, as a substitute teacher and heard you pretty much speak in class, I'd be like, oh, wow, he, he speaks very, very well. Seems like he's really going places and everything, you know? And I, we were just talking for a little bit, and then, like, um, on the last note, he actually said, like, hey, just keep on, keep pushing, keep trying and everything, no matter what. And when you're a handsome brother, you can always make it through life. And it's, I always held that. It's just very, very, I always hold that, like, in my heart when I move forward in life because I'd be like, sometimes I feel like I keep hold a very low opinion of myself and everything. But it's just, like, I have to keep in mind that there are others watching me um, who have a belief in me and my abilities that I do not see and so on. So it's just, I feel like only, like, a black teacher would have done that. Other my teachers used to pull me out of class and say, I was like a waste of time and stuff of that nature but only like teachers like mr murray or dr flannery that actually believed in me uh as me um there are other teachers too like beyond uh, race that um which they're pretty good teachers to me and everything mr gershio uh, miss mills um um miss van dusen miss sinclair actually um uh, mr sinclair and uh, the list goes on mr angel and everything but it's like those too it's just like i feel like were very very important to me and my development um because you know uh, my father wasn't very present in my life at that moment so it's just like you know to have a male presence to actually like kind of uplift you uh, in a sense is, is very important uh to me um at that time but uh as i digress and everything um in regards to um pretty much like you know your family being uh pretty inclusive or pretty uh much interested in like the mental health field and whatnot um what actually gained your interest in the education as a whole sir yeah so um really seeing um the condition that we're in as black people um particularly um how i would see um the level that we were on um, regarding our black and brown kids, uh, specifically the, the young men, um, I, I'm about results. I'm about doing things. And so, so many people just talked about, you know, these kids are so bad, you know, these black boys, you know, they don't have anything going on, but they never wanted to do anything. Um, I've never been into like any type of um, just fluff or just people just talking. I'm, I'm about action. And so I got into education because I said, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. I'm going to do something. And that's the same thing that led me to mental health because even in, you know, being a, an instructor uh, at North Carolina Central, I've taught at a community college level. I've taught at the middle school level. Um, I see the, um, the overarching um, hindrance to a lot of success is mental health. You know, our black and brown children deal with a lot of trauma, which keeps them from, you know, being um, being able to, to really grab hold to education. And so, you know, I said, man, we have to make sure that we are freeing their minds so they can um, be accepting of, of this knowledge. And so that, that led me to uh, what, I, what I do now. So. And that's wonderful that we have uh, people like you out here that actually ha actually put an emphasis on the importance of mental health as a whole. I, too, uh, struggle with uh, forms of uh, mental health myself, uh, especially with anxiety and depression. It's, it's starting to get a little bit worse now at this age, which is weird. I thought by now it would just kind of, like, uh, get over itself and just pretty much just go on its way and everything. But, you know, things just don't go away on their own. 
basically there's certain actions you have to do and everything and I feel like I need the only thing I need to work on is really just working on my response to my feelings and everything of that nature like uh, for instance today I didn't, I didn't even get out of bed till like way later like till two o'clock today mm. and everything before I even came here and everything and then it's just like you know like depression and anxiety like you know for instance even my anxiety for instance when I look back in the past and everything see how it's gonna affect my future and stuff of that nature um things like that it, it would get so bad it's like you know my heart would start to palpitate so bad like even when i'm laying down so bad that i can feel like like the pain rush of my neck and my upper back so it's like it, it, it becomes uh mental and physical as a whole too just loss of energy you're just you're not really keeping up with a lot of the stuff or your assignments and stuff of that nature and it's just like i feel like i'm working diligently this semester and this this like pretty much just to fight it in a sense so i can pull through and actually graduate um because you know i feel like that's my biggest pillar right now and i'm just trying to keep in contact with my instructors to see if they can work with me a lot of them are very uh supportive and work with me that's one of the best things about coming to an hbcu mm-hmm. is that it's just if i were to have gone to a pwi i don't even feel like i would have even survived whereas like an hbcu i feel like they would have given more leg room to actually succeed and actually make it because they know that life happens you know there are certain struggles we all have to deal with and stuff of that nature so it's like you know to know there's actually staff like you that are actually like among us and everything is very important especially going into this next stage of our lives you know like y'all grew up in a time where y'all didn't really have stuff like social media things like keeping up with people that are just like that we don't even talk to no more and everything like that you know it's it's very torturous to the mind and it's hard for a lot of folk to kind of let things go and it can be very counter um, productive and counterintuitive also for the sake of one's uh, success and progress and life as you know just as individuals to general you know i feel like that's a lot of things that our generation has to deal with and stuff of that nature it's good to actually take some time maybe get off social media after a while you know really focus on yourself see what you got to do um and when it comes to things like hold on one second is somebody calling me hold up hold up who is calling me right now yeah sorry it's just a scam likely appearance but uh, anyway, just stuff of that nature. Um, yes, it's very, very important to have people such as yourself and, um, within the educational sphere that actually focus on stuff like uh, mental health and uh, stuff of that nature. And if I were to ask you, it's like, what really led you into like stuff like the Mensa Achievement Center and stuff of that nature? Um, again, so, so my work with black men um, – it's, it's been a lifelong thing of mine. So my my very so when I was in college, I played football at Winston-Salem State University, and I studied political science. And um, a group of friends um, and myself, we got together and we started something called the um, uh, God. Why well, it, it just uh, slips my mind? Um, but it's called, it's called it's like Black Men for Change. Uh, so we started an organization, and basically we started it um, because we saw the lacks. Um, the lack of guidance in the the, the community in uh, regarding black male success, and from there um, I went into corporate management. Even when I was in corporate management, I was able to mentor um, black men, well, young black men who were, you know, in the company. Um, and then from there, you know, I, that's when I got into um, education. And again, I just saw the lack. Like we need bl- strong black males in education for our children, teaching our children, guiding our children. And there weren't people doing it, so I just said I would do it myself. Like I'm, I am not a person um, who is all about the look of a thing. I'm about results. So I said, man, I'm just gonna do it myself. And so that, that's kind of what led me to to here, and and also led me to what I do now. Okay, wondrous. That's very mm-hmm. wonderful, um, and everything. Um, I know even Dr. Umar uh, Johnson spoke uh, from time to time, and the reason why I bring this up is because I know you mentioned it's just like you know it'd be kind of weird having like a, a white a female therapist for like a black male one. We could have people that relate to us more. I know like Dr. Umar has spoken. It's just like how black boys are like as they grew up are just kind of open to like have to submit to like um, uh, their wife uh, to white uh, woman and everything in terms of education and how it's just like the way like a white woman is going to deal with like a black boy is going to be very counterproductive as how like a black man would deal with like a black boy like and I understand like do you feel like maybe it'd be best to have like more black male teachers in elementary school maybe as like teachers and everything of that nature or is it just like or do you just feel like the role should just probably stick to just you know maybe just the females and stuff Uh, I think there should be black male schools period Mm -hmm. um 
I think there should be schools um, that are led by black men, founded by black men, and have black male students. Um, I think the majority of the staff should be black men. Um, of course, I, I do think there's some there should be black women uh, in there as, as well, but the majority should be black men. Um, right now, we have in uh, and, and a lot of people would disagree with that. But I, the, the challenge, I would say, well, if you look at the current model of education now, it is um, dominated by women, uh, dominated by white women, um, and so we seem to not have an issue with that now. So um, I think the um, the uh, what needs to happen, like I said, is um, education, um, you know, conducted by black men. So that that would be my um, that would be my uh, um, solution. I mean, you could look at Morehouse on the, uh, the the college level and see the, the excellence that they push out year over year over year. And I think the model could be the same in um, middle and high school as well. Oh, yes, most definitely, surely. Like, take it from me and everything. Like, I was pretty much raised um, within my uh, adolescent years predominantly with the, with the the single mother household and everything, which I feel like also is just not very helpful, you know, not to, you know, pretty much not trying to sneak this or nothing like that. But it's just like in terms of just like trying to, to think like a man, you know, carry yourself as a man and stuff of that nature. It always felt like at times it's just like, I don't want to say it was draining in a sense, but it was just like, I feel like a sense of masculinity uh, on growing up, I feel like I had to kind of redefine it for myself and try to figure everything out on my own a lot. So, um, it was especially bad um, when it's just like I didn't really have my father around. It was mostly just like my mother's like boyfriend who tried to like kind of like, you know, step within my boundaries and stuff of that nature and try to boss me around and stuff of that nature. And it's just like, you know, I don't feel like it was very helpful either. Um, I just feel like in society sometimes I feel like in this society in particular, um, I feel like black male masculinity isn't really appreciated unless it's really like just in the form of like, okay, athletics or in the forms of high status or material things and stuff that just seem to pretty much to reflect the value of a black male. Um, in and if we had to put up against like how masculinity is pretty much nurtured within our white male counterparts, it always feels like white males are always like pretty much accepted for everything they were for anything. They could be like geeks or they can be like, you know, nerdy or they can be athletic or they can be they can be jocks. They could be they could be whatever. And then it's just there's always a place where it's like I feel like for black males, I feel like there is always like this 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 picture that we always had to fall in sync with. And if you did not fall in sync with this picture, you're always like uh, pretty much. I don't want to say uh, pushed out or whatever, but it was always uh, became much of a struggle for you when it came to like day to day uh, interactions and stuff of that nature. It always became a struggle if you didn't really fall in sync with with a certain um, with a certain yeah with a certain picture. So it's just like, uh, what are your thoughts in regards to things like that? Yeah, I think um, black. I just think people in general shouldn't be able to shouldn't be put in silos you can be black and be other things um i all my whole life i've rejected that idea of having to be um one thing uh i'm a black man but i love country music um i love rock i love rap i love r&b i love jazz i go to the museum i fish i make wine i rehab furniture i do what i want to do um i am not constrained by what people think of me um, and I think a lot of times we push that on young men, and especially older black men do the same thing where we have to say, well, you have to play sports, or you have to do this, or you're not a black man, or, oh, man, you don't do this. And, and it, really, um, it really causes our, the young men who are creative to, be, to push, them, push themselves into a cocoon and a lot of times kind of retreat into their minds and it causes sadness and feelings of not belonging because they haven't been accepted, especially by their peers and, and older black men. And so I would just say, uh, you know, we should push to everyone, especially young black men, to be yourself. If you want to be an artist, be an artist. If you, whatever you want to, to do, you know, you should do that because um, 
being human is not subject to one thing. And um, black, there is no um, concrete definition for black. There's no concrete definition for being from the South. You know, you make a determination on how you want to live and then you do it freely. But that's very hard in um, this day and time, especially with social media and wanting to belong to groups. So I would push, I would say to everyone, you know, be a rebel and be yourself. Okay, well, that's a cool way to look at it for sure. I know even like, I know you bring up social media now, but I always feel like social media in a sense, although like there's, there's some like uh, toxicity that comes with that, I feel like it kind of shows like an open-mindedness and everything, you know, compared to like how things are now and how they used to be. Like, I feel like a lot of this was started even like with Kanye West in a sense, like when he put up a graduation against uh, 50 Cent's Curtis album, you know, everybody was more focused on gangster rap and everything of that nature, um, thugged out type stuff like that. And so then you come in with Kanye West that comes up with just like oh he's just a regular guy from Chicago but he has things to say of himself and he has a very artistic way of expressing himself and thus he kind of pretty much blew down the doors for other people like the Tyler the Creators uh, even the little Uzi Verts and uh, all sorts of things because they have to uphold an image of being like a threat or being a gangster or being whatsoever was kind of knocked down and thus like it was it became more open to pretty much of all things of self-expression so it's just like you know, I feel like people like Kanye West uh, are pretty important too. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, if I had to like pretty much start like with my own family or whatever, like, and I had children that are pretty much focused on more alternative things or whether they're focused on athletic things, you know, I just, I would just be more like supportive in the sense of just like, you know, just be the best you can or whatever you can do instead of just kind of pushing it down because then you know you could really make something with it and i feel like even like for my case even growing up uh like you know you going over like african parents and stuff like that nature they automatically have like this sense okay you need to like become like a doctor a medical doctor or something like how many doctors do we all need in the family Mm -hmm. and everything although like they mean well like yeah it's good uh, to get jobs but it's in order to nurture this within a child um, I'll admit even as a kid I, I thought I wanted to be a doctor myself because it's just like you know um, because I always had an interest within biology and science in regards um, and I always wanted to be like my father in a sense um, so it's just like you know like my father kind of represented that uh, that uh, that apex you know it's just like I need to get like that you know if I want to be able to live well and be respected I need to be educated I need to get like that but then like you start to see things you know Know, like with the divorce and just how things kind of fall apart it's just like you have the sense of just like, okay i don't think maybe they were all that happy with themselves um and it's just like you know after that we're just kind of seeking happiness and it's just like you know it's just like i just kind of fell out i don't want to say i fell out of love when it comes to biology or anything like that if i were to choose to go and consider going to medical school uh, i might consider it but it's just like i would just have to take a lot of drawback to actually relearn and actually like get deep into the matters again if i ever considered to go that route um, but it's like, um, yeah, it's just like that. I went deeper into poetry, stuff of that nature. And at the same time, like my mother was always a type to be like, oh no, you can't do this no more. You can't, you can't be like with this, this rap thing. And it always used to irk her, which is like, it was so weird because it was one of the things that was really helping with my depression growing up was going into music and stuff of that nature. I would even say like music in a, in a sense of rapid hip hop really saved my life, which really pushes me to like, had to want to drop music and do stuff of that nature. You know, I dropped my mixtape in April. Um, and it's just like it's just stuff like that. I, I don't really, in a sense, want the fame. Um, the money would be pretty nice, but it's just like, um, in a sense. But it's really just giving back to a medium that really gave me a reason to keep pushing mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature. So it's like you know, like if anybody else would up like put on my music in the future or anything, it'd be like, oh yeah, this made me want to get up and try again or keep pushing. You know, it's just like just stuff like that. I feel like everything has come full circle. Um, a lot of people whom like maybe want to go against like whatever I want to accomplish or whatever may think otherwise and they go, oh yeah, he probably just wants to get to get money or get this or just wants to be like or whatever. But no, it's just it's just giving back to a medium. That's just that's pretty much my big mission statement when it comes to that. Just giving back to a medium that did me well. Um, and it's just stuff of that nature. Um, one of my biggest regrets is not going to Northwest in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is focused on the arts because I was actually pretty good at acting too. And stuff like that. It's like, I feel like if I would have focused more on like everything I, I had my strengths of and everything, maybe it's just like I could make much more of it by, the, by this age. Um, 
But it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, I'm still young. I could probably still go back to acting school if I wanted to. I could probably still do whatever you wanted, like, uh, if you wanted to. It's just it's just a matter of just really just investing into that. Um, just like how I'm investing in this podcast right now. Um, but it's just like, um, yeah, if we had, you still got the topics, right? Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, I, I want to speak to you in regards to like uh, the matters of like fatherhood and stuff of that nature. I know it's like from the looks of it, it seems like you probably had a pretty good relationship with your father, and it's just like, um, how would you carry that in regards to just like how you're going to raise your daughter and how you're basically trying to carry it for generations? Like, you know, you, you kind of see like it starts with you in a sense. Yeah. So my uh, my relationship with my father, um, he was always very intentional with raising us um, to be morally sound young men to work hard um, and to treat people well. And I'm doing the same thing with my daughter. Um, my my dad, you know, I, I just talked to him today. Um, he has always been a foundation in my life and, and I've always pointed to that as being something that allows me to be sure of myself. Um, there's not a... I can remember even times when I, you know, played sports or, you know, even when I um, got a football scholarship to attend college and, you know, he was he was always there. And I understand the power of that. And even with my daughter, as much as I travel, as, as, as much as I do, you know, I see her every week. Um, I, you know, will go by, you know, in the middle of the week and take her flowers. I bought her a teddy bear last night to take to her today. Like, I always am intentional about seeing her because I know um, we need our fathers and our mothers. And so fatherhood is, is critical for a, for a child. And, and that's why I'm really hard on um, men who are not fathers or who are not doing what they're supposed to do. I think, you know, we owe it as a responsibility. And even for, for men who, you know, are not fathers um, or are, are able to mentor young men and be a, a fatherhood role model, I think um, that should be done as well. So. Oh, I just think it's it's critically important. Oh no, no, definitely. Intentions are severely uh, what's needed um, in terms of just seeing the same results that you speak of. Also, it all comes down to in- intentions, and I feel like some people aren't even really uh, focused on or intending on really just trying to build uh, the next generation to what it needs to be. Um, and I know there's like sense of this idea of toxic masculinity which i feel like in one hand it's like okay yeah there's some truth to it and on another hand i just feel like it's just a sense to depower the importance of masculinity Mm -hmm. um because it's just like at the same token toxicity is with everything you know Mm -hmm. addiction to anything that's toxicity to be obese in a sense it's kind of toxic because Mm -hmm. you're not really like focusing on your body um there could even be sense of toxic femininity uh if we were to discuss it but it's just like you know it's all really just a matter just how you want to see it it's just all a matter of behavior and just how you perceive it like you know masculinity i feel is very positive you know it's Mm -hmm. positive to actually you know be able to stand for yourself set boundaries um focus on your self-growth but that's only like you know but that's only like one way you see it when people think about masculinity you think about just being the strongest or just being having this having slept with this amount of woman and Mm -hmm. doing this of that nature and it's very twisted but also very skin deep at the Mm -hmm. same time i feel like masculinity is also just like a matter of just really being showing compassion Mm -hmm. uh, showing intellect um showing strength of character and also showing like a a compassion to others um uh, being being um being able to emphasize with others the pains of others and so on and so forth i know it's fine and it's just it's just stuff of that nature you know but it's just like at the same token it's really just a matter of just how much we um in a sense um, invest into that into that perception mm-hmm. and so on. I feel like we. I feel like, I think I spoke about it with Love Watley. I don't know. You you remember Love, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I she was on another episode. Uh, if you want to just look it up and check out that yeah. episode, I know she even spoke about like how like black men are usually portrayed to being like you know deadbeats and just like you know stuff of that nature. They don't really like pretty much portray us as also being loving fathers, uh, supportive husbands, and very very high value people in the community, mm-hmm. um, or educated and stuff of that matter. It's it's very rare nowadays um so it's just it's just like well what do you think we need to do or what steps do you feel like we need to take as a society to really uh rebuild the image of the black man within society um we need to humanize um the black male image i think um from us being characterized as brutes 
um, hypersexual, um, even within our own culture, we put those and, and reinforce those um, characteristics uh, within ourselves through our music especially. I think that, again, we need to allow black men to be human, to live um, freely, and you know we need to be intentional about how they are raised, especially um, regarding uh, having fathers. You know, if men, if you have a son, be a father to that son. Uh, women, if they have a son, um, you know, find him a mentor, a role model who is a black male that he can model himself after. Um, there are toxic things that say, like that women will say, okay, well, I don't need a, I don't need a man. You know, he doesn't need his father. That was very, very toxic. Um, so we just need to be more intentional about it. But also with our young men, we need to push personal responsibility. Um, I, I always tell people there's no such thing as Superman, so nobody's going to come and save us. We have to have a hand in saving our own lives. And so we have to be intentional about, you know, what our lives look like and, and what success we want and just understand that, you know, hard work and um, grit are necessary to, to achieve those things. So, you know, just, uh, again, um, pushing ourselves to understand what we need as a people um, and then giving us the freedom, uh, giving black men the freedom to, you know, become who they are supposed to be and, 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 and expecting them to, to get to those levels. Well, yeah, most definitely. I know it's just like, you know, when, when black men are usually raised. I spoke about this with my counselor not too long ago. Um, he pretty much pointed this out when I spoke with him uh, in regards to my situations, like, growing up. And he pointed out, like, one thing that's, like, I couldn't really – I didn't really – get until he said it like he pretty much said it's just like hey well, when you get through a lot of these struggles it seems you practically just raised yourself in mm -hmm. a sense so it's like when i look back it's like yeah because it's like i i, I noticed that it's just like i i was the individual to be a little bit more emotionally um available to friends who probably weren't uh, uh emotionally available to me or were not really there for me um i usually take it upon myself um to take priority to ensure everyone else's well-being before my own um and it's just it's just stuff like that even in regards to even my brother and everything i always try to make sure his priorities are put above my own which i really don't mind because my younger brother basically you're basically a surrogate parent um, regardless, I, no matter how big the age gap is or how small it is, you instantly become a surrogate parent to a certain degree and stuff of that nature. But it's like when I look back, it's like I never there were points where it's like where I wanted to be like, kind of like put on not on the pedestal where I want my needs met to a certain degree. Um, where it's like, you know, OK, like, for instance, like in eighth grade, I was bullied maliciously and everything. I always felt the need to like leave that school and everything. I always felt like I had to beg just to leave. And it's like I, I wasn't able to leave um, due to reasons. It's just like that. I wouldn't really want to get too deep into but it was just it was always like a barrier and everything and I always felt like I had to settle for a lot of things over life you know and in regards to like disrespect stuff of that nature you know you just settle for everything because you have this sense this sense of of mindset for yourself that you know you don't, you don't deserve anything mm -hmm. so it's just like you know in one hand on a positive note i learned to be more have more empathy for others but at the sour note it's just like you know i ain't really hold myself to a high regard which led me wide open for to have to deal with all types of harassment um and stuff of that nature so it's just like you know it all comes from the home at the same time and then it's just like i feel like at there be points where it's just like I feel like a lot of uh, black women in society who hold bitterness against the father attempt to take it out like on the children and uh, stuff of that nature and it's just like you know you see it like I know you've watched Boys in the Hood you know with the relationship with like Doughboy and his mother and how like Ricky always felt like was favored by his mother over Doughboy and the craziest thing when I watched that movie is like I felt like I related to the character of Doughboy so extraneously um, uh, just because of that and it was just so weird like why is that like such a normal because it's like if i were to even like get like with like one woman and we have a child it would be a daughter and it's like i have issues like with my baby mom or whatever i would never like even work for uh, my daughter to look at her mother in a negative light mm -hmm. or even feel like she has to pretty much carry the burdens of what she done or whatever we disagree about whatever it's just like you know children are like probably like the most like innocent aspect of the whole equation so it's like why even bother even like you know punishing them or trying to see if you can mold them 
or whatever to your whim or however you know it's just like why is it so common in our society for this like to happen yeah um i think having examples man i i um you know we look at, can look at the uh, breakdown in the family i think it's it's a, it's a lot to it um and man we everybody needs therapy i think we are people man where um we need to understand that we have a lot of trauma and a lot of us are broken and so you know a lot of things need to be fixed and we need to understand because I, I i was talking to somebody earlier and I was saying that a lot of times black people, we hate self-correction. And we need to understand, even as mothers and fathers, that, hey, we need to check ourselves. Like, how do we raise our children? You know, how do we educate them? Were we advocates for them? Did we properly protect them? And a lot of these things that go on with our children are, are, are we're the cause of, or at least uh, we could have done something about it. So, um yeah, man, I, I think, you know, again, man, back to back to mental health and having those examples. Uh, that's, yeah, most definitely, most most definitely and everything. Uh, do you, how do you feel like the relationships between parents and, like, their children, how do you feel like it affects their relationships, like, with others and everything? Like, in your own words, uh, for instance, because it's like, I know it's like, you know, I feel like the relationship with my mother, in a sense, has pretty much reflected a lot of my relationships with women, women uh, moving forward. I feel like I have a huge issue with, like, being vulnerable because uh, I pretty much attribute uh, vulnerability um, with a sense of just pain and anguish, you know. So it's just like, you know, it's in a sense putting up boundaries and keeping my distance was always a, a way uh, for me to pretty much safeguard myself from being harmed. Um, and, but also, in a sense, um, coming from uh, that type of upbringing and everything where trust issues and stuff of that nature are pretty much prevalent um, I feel like it leads you to trusting in people way too much which pretty much leads you into like the same um, the same uh, dilemma of like really being hurt over and over again because you know you can't trust people too much and you can't just you know cut off from people um, too much so it's really just a matter of just like you don't want to get hurt but you don't want to be isolated at the same time in my case um, so it's just like you know yeah like what are your what are your thoughts in regards to like relationship with parents and their and their kids in regards to their relationship with uh, friends uh, uh, and so on and so forth yeah the foundation um, that your parents set for like you know how you communicate emotions even love um, that's going to lay a foundation for how you do with people outside of the house. So if you are distrusting or you are used to trauma with your parents, then it's going to be the same thing that spills over into your relationships. I think that's one of the same. That, that's why I think it's it's important that people understand that whenever you make a child and you have a child, that there's a responsibility to make sure they're good human beings and they are ha- they are healthy and whole human beings because it's so important. Um, and like you said, you know, our relationships that we have with our parents give us a foundation with how we see the world. So, um, again, you know, we have to make sure that we are personally responsible for that. Mm. Yeah, man, that's one way to look at it. That's, that's a whole lot of ways to look at it. Um, in, in transition and everything, um, I know on the topics and everything, I know you pretty much, uh, how old are you right now, uh, Mr. Andrews is asking? 41. 41. Okay, cool. So that's enough time to ask. Uh, if you had to pretty much ask yourself from, like, how, what you know and everything that you know right now at the age of 41 in regards to, like, like who you were and what you were, how you carry yourself at the age of 21 and everything, how do you feel like, how do you feel like your mindset has changed over the years and just how you carry yourself as an individual? Um, I have accepted who I am more. Um, maybe at, I think, 20, 21 years old, I was still... I still had a type of a, a herd mentality. I kind of cared what people thought. Um, and it led some of my decisions. Now I live for me. I am totally happy. I always tell people when I wake up in the morning, I love my life. I love everything that I do. I do everything that I want. I don't do anything I don't want to do. Um, I work for myself. I don't have a boss. Um, so I have... The, the stress that I have in my life is the stress that I create. And so that makes life a whole lot more manageable. But I think to get there, it, well, I, I don't think I know that to get there, it took a lot of internal warfare. And I had to fight through a lot of things and, and even like my decisions of like 
why did I decide certain things? So, um, yeah, my, my mindset changed uh, to just accept who I am, and who I am got me to this point. I think if I would have tried to be someone else, I would not have been here. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. That's that's a whole other way to look at it. And that's crazy how, like, your early 20s is just, like, so focused on just thinking about what others think and everything. I know that's 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 a streamline to, like, a lot of my anxiety as a whole. Like, even when, as soon as I wake up, it'd be so crazy. I'd be just going to bed just thinking about, like, all the mistakes that you made up to this point and everything. Or whether it's going to, like, be something that might bite you in the back later on in life and everything. You know, like, I have my sleeping pattern, I feel like, is being affected by this to, an, to a certain degree. Like, I would, like, I would, like, go out for a run, like, at 11, be tired, come back, go to bed, like, at 11.30 or, or 12, wake up really early, like, at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning and stuff, and then have, like, a little bit of energy and everything, and then it's just, like, you know, most of them the heart palpitations, and then it's just, I, then I go back to sleep, and then I have, like, no energy at all, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's just, it's such a weird, and just, this has happened so many times over the past couple of weeks, so it's just, like, you know, it's just one of those things I need to really, like, fall out of. Um, and stuff of that nature um and it's just like like yeah man it's just like do you feel like it might be like a little bit harder for like our generation as a whole considering like social media and everything like do you feel like there's some barriers that might like get us out of this mindset of herd mentality or trying to be people pleasing and stuff of that nature like um and if so like what what um steps do you feel like would take to really just kind of like you know counter that from as an individual and to general um, yeah, I think it's um, so difficulty is a state of mind. Um, anything, so I, there's this term that I love. It's um, or not a term, it's a saying. Uh, it is nothing human is foreign to me. So we have our access to more information. It is us accepting that information and kind of putting that label on our lives, which makes it appear appear difficult. Um, but if you reject those things, then it won't be difficult. I think whenever we still have a desire to be um, accepted by people who uh, have no need for us, um, we do develop those. It does become harder for us because we're always seeking validation. But if um, I think if self-love was the focus of every person, then it would become a lot easier. It would become a lot um simpler to free yourself from wanting um, validation from others. Uh, I always look, I will go to Duke Gardens, I'll walk in the park, I'll go to a museum by myself because it's things that I enjoy doing. And it's because I love myself and I know that I deserve happiness. And, you know, I just don't look for validation from from any other folks. And so uh, I would tell younger folks, um, you know, Go to war with yourself and, and break free from those, chain, those chains and, and love you because nobody will ever love you as much as you were able to love yourself. Oh, yes, most definitely. Surely, surely, surely. Um, yeah, man, self-love is such a, like, uh, it's such a hard... I don't want to say it's hard in a sense... I just feel like it really just depends on really what you're exposed to over the years too. Like if you have like a very, if you have an environment where like you come up and it's just like there's always something wrong with you or there's always something like somebody had to make a comment or whatever, whether it be family members or your peers and whatnot. Um, um, if you have a strong, strong uh, mental, have a um, a whole lot of mental strength in regards to that you know you can pretty much breeze through it and be like you know whatever uh like i like myself i I think i'm the shit or whatever like that um so it's just like whatever somebody says about me let it be so but it's just like uh, at the same time i feel like you know what if you were like put into like a like an environment where you're surrounded by folk that it's just like that like in a sense protect your energy or appreciate or value you as an individual regardless and whatever and even if you do have haters or stuff of that nature it's always good to like have a good basis of positivity to counter a lot of that negativity otherwise it can pretty much be uh draining to you so it's like what are your like um what are points of advice you can give to anybody that's probably like maybe stuck in like in a circle of adversity or maybe around a crowd that isn't good for them or just stuck like at a job they don't want to be at or just just in general just what is your like advice in regards to just like pretty much getting out of that uh that circle of negativity yeah i would say um seek peace Um, And a lot of times, peace means um, divesting from situations that are chaotic. 
So whether it be friend groups, um, whether it be, you know, what environment you're, you're in, sometimes you have to remove yourself from those things um, to find peace. And then, um, you know, do some self-talk, like talk to yourself and also um, think. You know, our, we, are, we are gifted with minds to think for a reason. Um, we should never let anyone think for us. Uh, and f- for me, I connect with nature. That is how I um, get my ideas. That is how I find peace. Like I said, man, I'll go to a park in a minute and sit on the bench and just watch the, the leaves. Um, my, my daughter, I take my daughter, we'll, um, we'll go and we'll just sit on the bench and just watch the squirrels, man. And, and it's, sometimes it's just we need that. And just be ready to, like I said, go to war with yourself. Um, ask yourself hard questions. Why do I seek the validation of others? Why do I, um, why are my feelings hurt around this? And ask yourself those questions and then, you know, wait for answers, but be ready for the answer. Um, and again, like I said, that divesting from a lot of these situations will, will be key. And, and people, you know, even, even with toxicity, I just taught a class and I was telling them sometimes even our own family members can be toxic. And we have to kind of put them at arm's length. It doesn't mean we don't love them, but to seek peace, sometimes seek peace is seeking peace is a um, a journey um, that you have to take by yourself. And so, um, and then seek wise counsel. I think that's the important thing. Seek out people who love you, who want to see you do well, um, and and surround yourself with those people. And again. Um, in peaceful situations, and you will definitely find your answers. But as long as you grab hold to toxicity or seek the validation of toxic people, you would never have peace. Oh, yeah, no, truly, truly. No, it's it's 100% for real, man. It's just like we're all caught up in life and everything and the folk that we feel like, you know, we haven't chosen. You can't choose your family and everything, um, but you can choose your attitude and choose like how you carry yourself as an individual and who you pretty much connect with and who you um, pretty much uh, circulate with and stuff of that nature, you know. There's some there's a whole lot of things in life that we can't control, and there's, but there's still various things that we can control, our hours, our attitude, and just just pretty much our options just stuff of that nature there's just many things that we can that are still very much controllable and I feel like that's that's pretty much the beauty of life at the same time but although there are things that we can't control there are a whole lot of things in which we can um so it's just like in regards to just like where we are as a people and just or just even like relationships wise and everything you know um what do you feel like is that main barrier for like a lot of us like as kids like pretty much relating to one uh, one another and everything i know like i'm 23 years like you call myself a kid but it's just like you, know, you still feel like a kid to a certain degree but it's just like you know like really just ah, what do you feel like you know really um what do you feel like is the barrier for like a lot of us like pretty much relating to each other like man and woman mm-hmm. or like however like what's 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 really holding us back from really just from really just uh really uh building something uh that might lead to like marriage and stuff of that nature later on in life uh, lack of communication. Um, As I, I think our communication right now is dependent so much on external factors. Uh, our communication um, uh, has been um, taken over by um, expectations of things that are false, like social media. So, for instance, a person will watch a reality show and think, okay, well, that's how I'm supposed to deal with my mate. Or they'll look at social media and say, okay, well, that's how I'm supposed to, you know, deal with the world around me. And it's not. We need to uh, sit and talk to each other. And whatever comes out, don't be offended, but just understand that a lot of times people's answers or their response to you may be rooted in trauma. It may be rooted in misunderstanding. So just have clear communication with each other, you know, and, and most importantly, tell the truth to each other. And, you know, you tell the truth to a person, if, and let the cards fall where they may. If they don't like it, it is what it is. You know, if they do, then you can build from there. But I always tell people, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, if you don't like it, you know, that's that's uh, that's something you have to deal with. But one thing about me, nobody can ever come to say, Mr. Andrews lied to me, ever. I will tell the truth 100% of the time. So even if it hurts me or them, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna tell my truth. So... We just need to be um, be clear with each other. 
Oh, yes, most definitely. Most definitely. It's always good um, to be truthful and authentic as best we can. But in regards to, like, truth and authenticity and stuff, because I know, like, there's so many different faces that, like, at the same time that we all possess. I think I think there's, like, a Japanese, some kind of Japanese side that, like, we have a face of which we show um, others. Uh, we have a face that we show, like, um, to our close friends and families, and we also have a, sh- a face that we don't show to nobody and everything. Like, a part of us, like, sides of us that we just don't show to anyone at all and everything um in regards to just uh really understanding what's the, what's the difference between what's truthful and like what's really like your own personal business and everything where do you feel like the line uh pretty much uh, draws from there so you said truthfulness and yeah just stuff like that's your own personal business just like you know like just like somebody's like who who you who you dating or who you doing this or who whatever like regards like not not like that off the jump but it's just like just in terms of just something that's just your personal business because some people would just really ask you questions about yourself really just to really just to exploit you know the information sometimes you know like you know there's there'd be situations where it's like even like even like girlfriends whatever like would be gossiping or like maybe tell them they're telling each other something like personal or whatever and the other person would just pretty much um, pretty much uh, just drag it into the community or whatever. In a, in a means to like humiliate the said person that could really revolve against somebody just not pretty much opening up or whatever you know it's just, you see it all the time and everything but I'm just wondering it's just like where where's really like the line started how do we know like pretty much like yeah stuff of that nature so we choose what access we allow people to have in our lives I'm a very private person um, if somebody comes up and asks me a question I know it's rooted in something toxic I can choose to tell them. I don't owe anything to anybody. So if someone comes up and, and asks me a question, I know it's highly personal and I know it's something um, rooted in um, something um, devious, I don't say it. I tell them it's not your business or, you know, worry about your life. Like it's, So whenever we feel a duty to tell people, um, sometimes that we, we just have to assure up our strength and say, you know, I don't owe a person an explanation for anything. You don't want anything. They don't pay your bills. Um, they don't feed you. So, you know, just tell them, man, worry about yourself. You know, I it will run my life and you run yours, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That's a, that's a damn good way to look at it for sure and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, what other thing? What what else we got on the topic? I want to be able to make it over an hour. So this is a good episode, but it's just like, yeah. Um, what the fine, uh, What are some issues you see in today's generation? I think we talked about that. Huh. Yeah, uh, we we don't know everything. The last thing is final thoughts and closing. Okay, final thoughts and closing. Um, okay. Oh, when it comes to like just uh, final thoughts in regards to just uh, just in, in life in general and everything. Like, what are some uh, advice you'd like to leave and points for like uh, my audience for sure? You know, everything just points of uh, of advice. You know, just in general and stuff of that nature. Yeah, so my advice will um, always uh, seek peace in whatever you do. Uh, Lead with love in all your decisions. Um, Always tell the truth to other people and tell the truth to yourself. Um, And be relentless about what you want. Um, We live in a life and we we live in an age now where people want things immediately and things aren't... um, Think life doesn't work like that all the time. I always, you know, use nature uh, to teach my daughter lessons. And I remember one year she was about three three years old, and we had planted a seed. And as that seed started to grow out, I always tell her, you know, Aria, no matter how much you yell at this seed, no matter how much we wish it to grow quickly, the seed will grow and develop in its own time. And our lives are like that. Our dreams are like that. And no matter how much you stress about wanting that to have that fruit, you have to wait. Sometimes things grow in their own season, and when they do grow, it's, it will be the exact time you need it. So I would always tell people, you know, be patient. You know, enjoy life at each stage of life, and be good to yourself and be good to the world. And that's it. Okay, cool. That's wondrous. It's very much wondrous. Um, and in general, um, uh, you're pretty much gonna be like working as a teacher, like uh, within like the HBCU sphere for like uh, years to come, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will always be involved um, with education in some form. Um, I am uh, involved with uh, some things now that, you know, uh, up in um, Kentucky in Fayette County. Uh, I actually have some uh, talks lined up for the, uh, the district schools and um, doing some things for the University of Kentucky. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be involved. And, and also Kentucky State, which is a, a HBCU down there. So I'm, I'm always going to be involved with education in some sort of way. And you pretty much, you'd uh, pretty much recommend your daughter to go to HBCU, correct? Um, no, man, wherever she wants to go. Um, I, she doesn't have to go to, she doesn't have to go to college, period. Um, if my daughter came and said, Dad, I want to go to Africa for two years and, you know, research and be, you know, and, and dig the pyramids or whatever, then she can do that. Um, I am a proponent of a person following whatever path that they deem necessary. I was told by a, a gentleman once, he said, Sean, find your own way to God. And I live by that and not putting or projecting anything on anyone. If someone told me they want to be an astronaut, I would tell them, man, good luck, and I can't wait to see you get out in space. And I believe in people. Um, like I said, I lead with love. And, you know, wherever she wants to go, she can go. But um, wherever she does decide to go, I want her to do so truthfully. Um, and I want her to do so knowing that she um, has, has to always do right by people and, and leave the world better than she found it. Oh, yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. And I know you mentioned something about, like, God. Well, if you were to describe, like, in your own words, because everybody has their own, like, they all have their own theory on, like, what the nature of God is as a whole. You know, some people might think God is, like, maybe, like, a whole bunch of energies or maybe, like, you know, maybe God is just balancing the universe. Or maybe God might be just, like, maybe a woman, for instance. It's just, like, how would you describe the nature and, like, just, like, whatever God is? Like, what is your, what is your reflection of what God is? And you don't have to answer if you don't feel like it because, you know, it could be a touchy subject, but just, just what do you? How do you describe the nature of God? Me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, how do you describe it in your own words? Me? Oh, you? Oh, okay. I had to wait. It's like I don't tell if you're saying me with like a question mark or me. It's like, well, you talking to me? Like I don't know. Yeah, I um. So even if you look biblically, it says we were created in God's image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means that um, I am it, and it is me. Uh, God is love, and, and even in my decisions, it, he's intertwined within that, or he or she or whatever. I think when we get to, like, saying God is a gender, um, I think that is a very human way of looking at something that is so ethereal and something so um, perfect and unfathomable. So really, it sh- that shouldn't even be in the conversation. Um, for me, God is, you know, it is just complete. Um, and when somebody says, you know, what is your perception of God? It's like, what is the perception of myself? And I think that I am, um, I think that I can do anything. Um, I think that I am filled with love. I'm led by love. And when somebody asks me about God, I'm like, man, you know, God is in me. And that's all I can say. You know, that 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 is what satisfies me. And I don't have to put God in a box and say a gender or white or black or whatever. Um, so, yeah. That's actually that's actually a very good because like you know like even like yeah the whole like sense of like God being like described as being like angry or, or jealous or just being capable of like just flooding the earth or like punishing people and everything I don't know I feel like at times like you when it comes to real religion and everything I feel like those are just used as objects to like try to control the masses at the same time like I don't know I feel like if God like created you as you are and everything or however you may see it or whatever it's just I never really see like God as being overly judgmental. You know, it's just like, like you know, at the same time, at the same token, we all have free will at the same sense. So it's just like, you know, whatever it is, it is what it is. But I feel like God would already understand to a certain degree. And it's just really life is just really just a reflection of what experience we need to learn and what uh, what we need to learn, or, uh, what we need to put into the universe that pretty much help other people on their journeys. Also, it's just like, you know, I feel like in a sense, like, yeah, in a sense, God, it was pretty much just a matter of just it's everything intertwined, basically kind of like a, like a threat, like we're all connected within the universe. Um, and thus it's just like, you know, so any sense of trying to like put him in a box or, you know, I can, now I keep calling him him, <laughs> keep him like the general, but just putting God in a box is just kind of like kind of overrated, kind of asinine to a certain degree. But it's like, you know, everyone to each his own or whatever. Would you say you're a heavy church goer or are you just like, just it is it's whatever to you? Like, nah, man. I, 
I rarely go to church. <laughs> um, now, I, I used to go to church when I was growing up, man, but I, I rarely go to church. Now, it's not that I'm against it, but um, um, church is in the, in the mind and in the people. So church with me will be me sitting down and, and you know, discussing with somebody, you know, uh, the theory of life. When I'm with my daughter and, you know, we're in the museum and we're looking at a piece of art, that's church, you know. So I find church in a lot of different things. So I, I do go to church a lot, I guess, but not traditional sense. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's one way to do it. Like some people hold Bible studies at their house and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like just look at whatever um, and so on and so forth. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think we pretty much touched on about everything uh, within uh, an hour or something. Sometimes I like to go a little bit over an hour, like maybe like 10 minutes above an hour uh, and everything like that. How uh, would you describe your uh, experience with NCCU just in regards to just everything just that you've experienced as a – you used to go here, right, at one point? Yeah, yeah, I got my graduate school from here. Um, North Carolina Central has given me a lot, will continue to give me a lot, and I owe a debt of gratitude for Central for my entire life. I will always – contribute to NCCU in whatever way I can and will make sure that I'm a resource um, for the university and the students here. Um, I love my HBCU. So. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's like, you know, this school is like the best school I've ever come to mm-hmm. and everything, you know, so it's just like, you know, I never saw myself as like an honor roll student. I know I spoke about it on you know, several episodes, but so I feel like I need to keep emphasizing it. Just like, you know, like everything kind of comes full circle and I feel like a lot of the opinions of others really aren't who we are and everything so it's just like you know that's just one of the things they really need to pull out the herd mentality is that everyone's kind of experienced life at their own pace you know the opinions of others um whatever people say none of that really matters and everything you know you say i was a waste of time you know it's just like somehow i made it to being an honor roll student it was always in me it was just a matter of just rediscovering it so it's just like you know for anybody that's listening in whatever gift that you have or whatever you feel like you feel like you're lacking you know it's just it's all just a construct uh pretty much built upon uh, the insecurities of others and everything and you don't really have to invest your your worries into any of that um but yeah that pretty much does it for like the 37th episode yeah this is the 37th episode of the mental threats podcast i like to thank mr sean andrews and most definitely i'm only about 13 episodes away from reaching my goal i'm trying to reach 50 before the end of the semester and everything and it's just like you know as soon as i get that i could probably take it up to like maybe posting everything on spotify if i wanted to but yes if you had any final words uh mr andrews before we go off it'd be much appreciated be great love yourself and love other people Yes, most definitely. Great words to go by. Thank you very much. This is the Mental Threads Podcast. This is Toasty. Someone out.